are listening to Coach Mike on the Mic. Let's Talk Hoops, a podcast that brings hoop fans together and their stories to life. Coach Michael Herrera is a Texas high school basketball coach with three state Final Four appearances and a lifelong fan of the game. He'll sit down with coaches, players, and fans to share stories, game perspectives, X's and O's, and lessons learned along the way. Now, let's talk hoops. Back in for this episode with Coach Jim Clemens. This episode is jam-packed with great stories and insightfulness from a great coach. Let's jump right back in. Let's talk a little bit. So you, you had the opportunity to play with Phil Jackson um, with the Cavs. And and either I read this or, or listened to a, a podcast interview with you uh, with someone else. Um, you said that Phil Jackson reached out to you after you guys hadn't connected after about 10 years. Um, talk to me a little about the mindset of when you realized that you were going to be re-coaching with him and reconnecting with him and, and heading into a, a program with the likes of MJ. Wow. How much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm all ears, man. I, I'd be happy to hear. So we can, we can break this episode into two episodes, man. So I'm, I'm here for you. Well, It's, it's, it's a wonderful story, uh, but I, I don't know. You have to decide, and I don't want to be long-winded. Oh, no, but. by all means. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, well, I'll be I'll, – I'll give you the specifics of it, and then if you want me to go back and clarify some stuff, I, I will. But long story short, <laughs> Brad Sellers – was a former player that I had the opportunity to work with at Ohio State University, uh, was drafted by the Chicago Bulls. And I was the head coach at Youngstown State University. And Brad and I had a good relationship and the Chicago Bulls were coming into Cleveland to play the Cavaliers at the, for the playoffs. And Brad and I had made, previously made arrangements for me to come to the practice and meet and go to lunch. And I got to the practice facility a few minutes earlier and uh, Phil, who I knew was on the staff, I didn't expect to see him. Uh, They came out of coaches meeting and we said hello and got got to chit chatting. And one thing led to another. And at the end of their practice, uh, he took took my number, and because once again I didn't know when I would see him again, and you know, sometimes it was just a brief exchange. He let me have your number, blase blase, and uh, hey, we'll, I'll talk to you later. And Brad and I went our way, and uh, that, that was on a Saturday afternoon, and 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 that game on Sunday, Michael hit that shot over Elo, mm-hmm. and Phil came down and pumped his fist and all that. That, that shot that made all the highlights. Uh, and that, and I went on, went on my way and didn't hear from Brad, didn't hear from, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't expecting to hear from Phil and which is the beginning of, you know, spring recruiting. And, uh, I was in the car driving home from looking at some athletes and 
I heard that uh, Doug Collins had just been fired and Phil Jackson had been named uh, coach. And I said, wow. I told that, you know, once, once again, because, you know, you, I just said hello and wasn't there, you know, not looking for any background or anything, just enjoying myself. Right. And right. say, damn, man, you, less than two weeks, you know, guy loses his job. And uh, I pull up to my uh, my apartment and the phone is ringing. And I thought it was one of my other assistant coaches because we divided up and gone three different three different directions because we're trying to we're looking for talent. Right. And uh, it's Phil on the other line. I said, damn. <laughs> I said, uh, I was just listening to the radio and I heard that uh, Doug had gotten fired and you're the new head coach. I said, well, congratulations. And he said, yeah. Uh, you know, he didn't see it coming, but the fact is he, he was now uh, going to take over the reins. And he said, I'm going to have an opening on the staff. Do you want to interview for it and I'm thinking I don't I'm thinking I don't know but I also realized that I don't know is not the right answer because <laughs> 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 uh, my, my mom um, had always told me somebody wants to interview you you take the interview because you never know where it's going to lead mm-hmm. uh, so I told him uh, sure so he said that uh, he'd have his, uh, his assistant be in touch with me. And he said he couldn't make me any promises, but uh, he was going to have an, an opening. Uh, every, everybody else was going to stay. And see, at that point in time, I didn't know who everyone else was. Uh, I had been in- introduced that Saturday afternoon to Johnny Bach and, and Tex Winter. I'd known Tex, did not know Tex. I had met Tex because Tex and my coach, Fred Taylor, we're, we're friends through the NBA, uh, NABC coaches, uh, and we played against Texas team uh, when uh, I was a sophomore. We played the University of Washington, uh, and Texas was the head coach at the University of Washington. So he said, we'll be in touch when the season is over with. So I said, cool, thank you, and I look forward to hearing from you. Well, this is, uh, this is June now, or late May, I don't hear from Phil, uh, someone in his office, until July. And I damn near forgotten about the fact that he was going to be in touch. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, because once again, you know, they, they had to close down shop. They had the summer league and all these other things. At that time, I, w- I was unaware of. And, in fact, I'm out because I think I've got a pretty good team coming back at Youngstown State. I've got some kids sitting out. Uh, I'm anxious to really – uh, see who my team wa- is going to be, and I'm anxious to, to to hit the trail about finding complementary players to go along with the group that I know my nucleus coming back. Right. So, um, so this is July, and I don't hear the first of July, and I don't hear again from Phil until uh, to the from the Bills Bulls office until the end of July. So once again, I'm not sitting around twiddling my fingers waiting yeah. on this to happen because right. I got a I got a good job, 
and I got young kids that I'm excited about coming back and really, cause I, <clears throat> I got two, I got all, I got an all state kid from Pennsylvania. I got two all, I got a kid from Columbus. There's a, a McDonald's all American. And I got an all state kid from Ohio. Plus I only graduate uh, two seniors. And I got, I got kids that I'm salivating. Yeah, we're going we to start kicking some butt. Uh -huh. And uh, so they, they want to know, can I come to Chicago to take the interview? I said, well, when you want, when you want to do it? I said, let me check my calendar. Boom. They fly me to Chicago. I meet Johnny Bach. I meet Tex. And we start talking about what Tex runs. And I'm unfamiliar with what Tex runs. But what Tex runs, the triple post, is very similar to our, 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 what we ran in high school. Mm -hmm. And Fred and Tex, what I learned, what I also learned, is very similar to what Fred, Fred ran and while I'm at Ohio State. So he starts seeing, and I'm looking at the board and talking, and he's, I'm, I'm seeing and digesting and processing. And next thing they say, well, here, take this, <laughs> and we want you to take this, mean the... Uh, the uh, the, uh, the the chalk or the uh, right. marker, and we want you to diagram what you run. So here here I am. I'm at the I'm at the whiteboard, and my audience is John Bach, Tex Winter, <laughs> and Phil Jackson, and 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 I'm teaching them or showing them what I run, which coincidentally is kind of sort of very close to what Tex was running, unbeknownst to me. The triangle offense, right? Yeah, I, I ran what we we call that uh, some UCLA. I had some UCLA in it, which also had some triangle, triple post uh, principles to it. Mm -hmm. So they saw early on that there are some similarities. I'm not far off of what the what the tramp what the triple post does. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we sit down, we talk, and. Uh, and they, they see that I, I understand basketball and got a pretty good basketball acumen. And so I, I uh, so we talk and he says, I'll get back in touch with you. All right, so this is uh, mid-July. I go out, I finish my, uh, my summer recruiting, lay eyes on people that we think that we like. And middle of second week of August, I get another phone call. And they asked me if I want to uh, come to Los Angeles because they're in the summer league and uh, they want to continue the interview process. And if I got time, they'd love for me to come out and watch them play and we continue to continue to talk. Okay. And I say, well, let me check my calendar, check my secretary. We make the arrangements. Next thing you know, about two weeks later, I'm headed to LA and uh, we, 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 continue to talk and dialogue unbeknownst to me that uh, they've made up their mind. They want to offer me a position. Mm -hmm. So uh, Phil is Texas assistant or, or they co-coaching. Okay. Cause Phil will be, you know, doing what he needs to do. So Tex is there and I'm sitting up in the stands watching them, and uh, one of the other coaches is telling me what they're doing, blase, blase. And so we have dinner and they, uh, we talk and they say uh, they want to offer me a position. 
And uh, I asked them, when do they need to know? Because I really got a team that I'm, I'm salivating at the bit. Because uh, if you go back and look at my college coaching, uh, it's not my, my – I haven't won very many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've, I've inherited teams that, that haven't been very skillful. And, uh, and here I am now. I got freshmen and sophomores coming in that I really like. And uh, I told them I need some time to think about it. And, I, and when do they need to know my decision? And so they told me that, and they put me on a plane, and I fly back to uh, Youngstown. And uh, to be quite honest, man, this is, it was the toughest decision I've, I've ever made in my life. Because I've got kids. If you've ever been to Youngstown, Ohio, there's not much there. We, we do have a nice campus. I, I t- and I tell people to this day, Youngstown State University is one of the most well-kept secrets. Beautiful. It's, a, it's a, a city campus, but as I say city campus, it's got all the amenities you think you're out in the country. You know, nice, uh, nice buildings, nice dorm, plenty of green space, flowers, really right in the heart, right in the heart of Youngstown, Ohio. And I, 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 add, I, I do do the math in my mind, plus is minus, blase, blase. And I, uh, I make the decision to go to Chicago. And, uh, and the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> and a lot it, of history at that, for sure. Yeah, it was, it, 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 but really, I, I, I agonize because I know why those kids – those young men came to Youngstown because of me. Mm-hmm. And here I am now. I have to look through it through a, a, a I had to look through it through a, a different lens. Right. I, I realized there's, there was something I couldn't, if I, if I turned this opportunity down, I may not get this opportunity again in life. Because I thought, I thought I, I would be a chance, a possibility, a probability I can get back to college. So I, I've been trying to get back to college ever since the three P, or before, even before winning, becoming head coach in uh, at Dallas. Because I, I saw myself always as a teacher of young students. Mm-hmm. who could then parlay their skills that we learned and taught together so that they could go on and be a professional. And I could be that, that coach, that coach whisperer that could get young kids to give and share and others and expand their, their intellect about life and about basketball and about sports and their humanitarianism. Anytime you know, school would be happy to have that. Right. And I'd be happy to be, their representative, because I could see me doing all those wonderful things, uh, promoting their lives and them supporting me through basketball. So that was, that was, that was the ultimate dream and goal. And I've been trying to get back to the collegiate uh, sport market uh, ever since, because I, I was fortunate enough to realize that, yeah, I, I, I love to teach and I can be part of this 
the cycle without doing it, being a professional coach, I can be a college coach. And, and, that, and that's where the real teaching is, is needed and, and where you, you're going from becoming a, a young person to a, a, a young adult. And these are decisions I can help you make intellectually as a person and also help you professionally as an athlete. Right. And those are my, those are my feelings precisely too, at the high school level. That's why I love coaching high school so much. I feel like that's what I get to do for the college coaches. The -hmm. college coaches get to do that in hopes of, you know, relaying that to professional world, you know, and I think to, to each his own. And I mean, if I can go back and be a collegiate coach, I've always said it before. Um, A lot of people always ask, Hey, anybody have any regrets in your life? And I typically say, you know, everything happens for a reason. God's going to put me in in, in my place for a reason, but I actually do. One of my regrets is when I was at the university of Tulsa, when Bill Self was there, I could have been an equipment manager, you know, which could have been a a grad assistant, maybe a director of operations, maybe a, a assistant coach. And who knows where I'd be today. And then I went to Texas tech where Bobby Knight was Chris Beard. Again, I mean, going back to, to that, you know, that opportunity that I had just to be a fly on the wall, knowing what I know now, I would probably go back uh, and change things a little bit. Uh, My love for the game. um, I definitely have an IQ for the game, nothing compared to you guys, but you know, I feel like my services could have been really utilized at the collegiate level, person Mm -hmm. ability, you know, recruiting, talking to families. Um, But uh, I mean, and and that's by and large, what, what I've learned from my, from my uncle, you know, if you can, a lot of what he's saying and a lot of what he's taught me since I was born is, you know, even though I did have a lot of athletic talent and you know, better than average football player. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have the best luck, you know, hitting the injury free lottery, but as I was in my twenties, he just, you know, he's like, Hey, you're not going to make it to the NFL, but at the, at the core of it, he was like, just, just be a good man, do what you need to do. You know, I serve my, and, and and that's and that's if you if you hear it, that's a lot of his, his message. You know, I, I don't know. He would probably rather have a, a young man he coached, you know, start um, start the new Google than win an NBA championship. You know, and that's the that's that's why I, I hold my my uncle in such high regard because yeah. that's he's very consistent. Well, maybe sometime, Coach, in, in your lifetime, man, you got to put pen to paper and, and write a book, and I'll, I'll be the, one of the first ones to read it and because <laughs> I love reading books, man. But uh, all right, so obviously you've, you've coached MJ, you've coached Kobe, and as a fan of the game, I think everybody wants to know from you questions about that. So, you know, we talk about the mentality of both of these players, uh, the winner's mentality. They're, they're putting in all the – the, the grinding efforts and, and work ethic when no one else is watching them, right? They, they work tirelessly at their craft. Maybe just share, you don't have to go into details, but just share what you felt the differences um, between not, not comparing the two players, but what's the difference between these two players with Kobe and, and MJ compared to maybe some of the other players that didn't quite reach their, their potential or, or their status like Kobe and MJ? What separates those two from the rest of the pack in professional basketball? Well, they, they are both cut from the same cloth, so to speak. Uh, highly competitive. They, they, they care about their performance. They're, 
I met Michael. I coached. I started my coaching career at Furman University. I was an I was an unpaid assistant coach. I was a, vol- a volunteer, and Michael Jack, Michael Jordan was a freshman uh, from the University of North Carolina, and I didn't know who Michael Jordan was again until I got to Chicago, and everybody was talking about because I. I, I get I get these blinders, <laughs> and you know, and I'm, I was trying to make players at Youngstown State, you know, go to go to class, understand education, right. and recruit better players. And hey, pro balls, pro ball. I did I did not know Michael Jordan had reached that status. And when I would tell people that, or they would tell me, "Oh, you're going," you know, well, Michael just scored what 63 in that playoff <laughs> series against uh, Boston, and and I and I didn't even know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in my world. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get better players at Youngstown State. And when I found out how big a player Michael Jordan was, I said, wow. <laughs> you know. But that's who he is. And M just wants to be the best player he could be. That's why every year he came back with something new in his arsenal. You know, uh, lifting weights, getting strong. People tell me, boom, boom. And we, we, we had a wonderful relationship. Because I didn't care who Michael was. And he, I think he knew that I was going to coach. I was going to coach him, teach him the same way as anybody else, and that's what made our relationship good. And that's who he is to me, you know. And I think, I think, you know, the same, you know, vice versa. I, I can't wait to see him again. But uh, I, and I don't know. I, I may not ever see him again in life. But then again, I've got my own memories. And Cole was the same. Cole, the same way. Cole, but Michael threw it out there. And Kobe is the one chasing Michael, so that that's Kobe's competitiveness. Mm-hmm. He wants to he wants to be better than and my, and M to me just says I am. And, and I think if M had thought somebody was chasing him, he throw it <laughs> he throw that second <laughs> way. Well, see that's the thing too that uh, I, I kind of chuckle about. See, I, I I've been when I say I've been blessed, I truly have been blessed. And, and, and let, let me say this about that, and we can continue. In, night, in my rookie year in Los Angeles, we were 69 and 13. At that point in time, that was the best rest record in the history of professional basketball. In 1996, I was... Lost Chicago Bulls. Right. 72 and 10. And then Golden State came along a few years ago and they are 73 and 9. Well, two of the three best years in the history of pro sports, I've been blessed to be on those teams. I've been around the, that kind of caliber of team. Not me, team. Right. What do teams do? Teams win. This is what's important. Understand it. So I say that to say if Michael and those guys thought that somebody was going to break that 72 and 10 record, they would have put they, that bad boy <laughs> about 75. And, but see, the thing that makes me mad about that is Golden State didn't even win the damn championship that year. Yep. There's 73 and didn't win the championship. And I'm, I'm mad about that because if you're going to win that record, beat that record, win a damn championship. Yep. 
You were 73 and nine, didn't win the title. See, that's what I'm saying. If those guys had known this within their their lifetime, someone will beat that record. That record will they they were throwing that bad boy out there so far. Uh, because they lost, they didn't win some games that snuck up on them, one or two or three. You say four. Yeah, that you know, they they kind of said, Yeah, you can have this one. And uh that 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 makes me angry, but but see, but I know, and I've been blessed. NCAA title, like I said, is the one thing I'm chasing right now, and that may be, yeah, that's a blessing in itself. But uh, state title, NBA title, uh, NIT title, you know, and all the you know all the other things that come along, you win with people, you win with good people, you win with character. Yep. This is this is what I want young folks to understand that, yeah, we're talking about sports, but on a larger realm, we're talking about yeah, your life, the game of life. Day, and it's day to day, not, you know, and you have to take it in segments. You can't take up the whole 24 hour day. You got to break it up in segments. Yeah. It's just like quarters. Yeah. You might not, you might not get out to a great start. If you get out to a great start, can you finish it that way? Have you helped? Did you touch somebody today that needed touching? Did you say something to someone today that would help them get through today and on to tomorrow? Did you give of yourself and was it more than just lip service? These are the things that are important to me in life, not just in sport. So life, sports, yeah, there's a correlation there but it's what you are able to give without regret. What you can give and say, hey, this is, it's not mine to own. It's mine to share. Let me share it with you. Right. This is what's important. Right. The blessings that we can pass on to others is, yeah. is uh, so important. And you reminded me of what we have a conversation at the dinner table with our children is, you know, what's the best part of your day? What was something about your day you didn't like and how mm -hmm. have you helped somebody today? You know, and that's a, that's a two-year-old and a four-year-old, you know, so <laughs> we're, we're trying to instill that uh, early on, you know, it's just, I'm reading a book right now called Atomic Habits and it talks about, you know, the effects of improving yourself 1% daily. It takes a long time, but when I think about MJ and I think about Kobe First of all, NBA players are in the top 1% anyway. And so it's so it's it's crazy to think about how there's so much separation between the greatest players of all time even in the current NBA right now compared to the rest, but yet they're still elite at what they do. So it, you know, it's just one of those things that I always kind of like, you know, spark interest in in those questions, but you mentioned um, in an interview that that you know how to run a program. And I believe that um, what advice do you have for someone like me? I'm the head assistant varsity basketball coach and anyone else out there that's maybe aspiring to be a head college coach, a uh, high school basketball coach, or even going from a freshman coach to a JV coach, right? Um, what advice would you have for someone like me who's trying to become a head coach with no head coaching experience of running a program? Um, what, what would you say is, is crucial to getting, um, off on the right foot? when starting a program? 
I'm going to say, listen to your heart. Write down the things that you, you, you need to, I'm going to say need to learn. And how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm fine. I don't want to take too much of your time, but no, I, it's just a blessing to be able to listen to you because this is amazing. So feel free. Well, if you have time, I have time. Right. Let, 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 let me tell you a little bit about what, I, what I've done and, what, I, and what, I've been, what I've been blessed to do. I've had the opportunity, when I started at Youngstown School, when I started at Furman University that year that Michael was a freshman, I was what they call, quote unquote, in those days, a volunteer coach. Uh, the boosters put together $1,000 a month, and that was my salary, okay? Uh, the first day of practice uh, that year, the managers quit. And guess who the managers were until we got new managers? You. Right. <laughs> from, from, from sweeping the floor to doing the laundry. And that, that, was, that wasn't my duty, but it became my duty till we found uh, new managers to doing what I need to do, make cold calls to uh, guys that uh, the assistant coaches that allowed to uh, go out and look at talent, they come back with the guy, young player's name in high school. My job on those three by five cards that I talk about Casey Jones holding, right, writing their names down high school size, uh, calling, if they've had that information. If they didn't, I was to find it, call up the high school counselor, find out what kind of student he was, was he, you know, College prep, boom, 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 whatever, calling, checking, doing all that. Uh, that's what that's what I've done. I've I've held every position that can be held as a coach, starting with being a manager, the one of the head managers. But it was cool because I know what to expect because I've done it, and I'm and I'm so happy I've had I got that experience. Because it's humbling, to be honest with you. And being able, when I, when I was finally uh, got an opportunity to be a head coach at the collegiate level and realizing I've uh, been a, a, a volunteer coach, then what they call a part-time coach, where you, you, know, you, you get uh, half, half the salary to a full-time assistant um, to uh, the head coach. I, I, it's, 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 it's humbling, but you know how to do it. Nobody has to tell you what you got to do when you get to be that head coach is find people who are ambitious, but not so ambitious. They want to get there right now. You got to pay your dues and uh, say a prayer for me. I'm, I'm, I'm at the verge of maybe getting that opportunity again. And I'm, I, if, it, if it does come my way, I'm going to be so grateful because I get a chance to this wisdom and knowledge that I have, I may have the opportunity to put it together one more time. And, and, and how, how you talk and how you touch people, not just talk at them, not just to talk to them, but to talk with them. These are the things that I care about our profession and how we're viewed. And, and it's not about money. 
See, once again, everything is monetized these days. It's how much money you make. How much, yes, I, we all know money is important, but money is not your value. Your value keeps coming back to who you are and how you use your ability to touch other people. We got to keep thinking in terms of team, teams and family, reaching out and not so much to everybody that looks like you because they are you at some level. We're all connected. I can't be doing great looking over here at somebody that's not and thinking about shame on you. Well, hell, shame on me. How can I help you? Each one's got to help one because that's the right thing to do. You know, going back to the fir- my first time getting to a game ever, coach gave me one, one order. Move the ball. <laughs> Move the ball. We all want to touch the ball. You can't, you, you can't monopolize it. Your values, I'm part of the team. So help me be a good team. Mate, I want you to be, I want you to be on, we were on the same team. How do we help each other? We're all in the human race. How do we help each other? That's right. That's right. I got a, I got a couple more questions for you, and, and that's it. And this, this next question I have for you, um, you know, I'm a very analytical type A personality, as Dario knows. I've, I've been it like is. that ever since I was a kid. I'm very meticulous. I'm organized. I love stats because they don't lie, just as film. I'm very intrigued by – NBA and collegiate coaches that have the, um, the, you know, whether it be synergy to watch film where it's broken down for you. Um, obviously you guys eat, live and, and drink the game of basketball. And, and for me, I'm, I'm teaching class, you know, 80%, 90% of the day. And then I get to go to basketball. So I don't, the time is not always there for me to dive in and study the game and improve my craft IQ wise outside of teaching. You know, if I'm at work for eight, nine hours, you know, eight of those hours are teaching and one hour is, is, is basketball. So what I choose to do outside of school on my own, having conversations with you, um, you know, going to basketball clinics and talking to people. But one thing I've always picked up on when I go to clinics is usually we have collegiate coaches that come talk to us. They're always talking about specific things that they that they stat or that they look for whether it be paint touches um touches um that's just not something that you typically hear of or see at the high school level um so my question to you is what is something that that me as a high school basketball coach or or I'll speak to the high school coaches out here that might be listening what is something that we can take away from you as an MBA coach, something that is meticulous and detail oriented that will translate to the high school level that may make us a better coach and then ultimately have a better team. What's something that we can maybe focus on or look at um, that will help us? Well, one of my duties, uh, I, I, I love defense, but because I love defense, I study offense. Because mm-hmm. uh, you got to have a better mousetrap, and I and I used to chart. One of my jobs was to chart deflections, active hands, and not necessarily steals, 
Right. But you need you, because offense is precision, and okay, we like defense. So one way to help the defense, you become disruptive on offense. Don't don't let them pass the ball when or where they want to pass the ball. Break up that rhythm because the offense, once again, offense is precision. Offense is how you keep this thing flowing. Defense, you want the train wreck. So how do you play defense with the thought and mentality that, right, I'm going to limit your, your, your opportunities to score with, without fouling? I, so I, I have a question, Uncle Jim, just real quick to extend Mike's question. Okay. So if you're taking tallies of deflections by association, the offense has to inbounds, correct? So you can set your defense up for that inbounds play. Is mm-hmm. that some of the deductive thinking on right. why you would track deflections? Yeah, well, because I, I don't – Yes, and see, offense is so offense is the precision of the, of the sport. You know, very few teams. Uh, you know, go 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 back to when I started. Uh, you know, got got my introduction. De- the Detroit Pistons were the quote unquote the bad boys, and how were they the bad boys? Because they would they would knock you, push you, shove you. They 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 get into your head, so you'd want to fight them or retaliate. See, now you got your mind on how you're going to get somebody back and say, well, okay, here, take that. <laughs> you know, boom, boom, are you bumping me? Oh, that's a foul on you. That's an and one. See, so I'm not going, I got to be strong-minded enough if I'm, a, if I'm, if I'm a, the cream of the crop at my sport and my industry, I got to be of a mindset that I can't let you take me out of my game. But if you're that good, I have to respect that so my defense, and, and once again, we got all have rules that we have to play within. Otherwise, they're called fouls. And I get, you know, we and the fouls are rewarded ultimately by you shooting free throws, right? And I don't, I, I can't go out and just be knocking you anywhere because then that puts you on the line. That puts my guys in foul trouble. So I got to learn to be sophisticated in how I play defense. Otherwise, you go. I'm gonna have guys fouling out, and I'm gonna be upset and in the two at the officials. I'm gonna be upset at guys. I don't know why you fouling when they tell me that's the way you teach us to play. <laughs> so your defense has to be coordinated such that I teach you to play, uh, not dirty, but I got I gotta find that that space where I can play physical or mentally ahead of you as offense because I know what you want to do. You want to put that ball in the basket. And you've got all these nice little cute ways that you do it. And I have to be defensive minded enough to how to delay or obstruct you from doing that so I can defend you and you don't do that. And deflections, not steals. See, steals brings in you got to gamble. Yeah. Deflections to me, means pressure. Yep. Boom. I create an obstacle with my hands. And I know, I know the play, so I want to get my hands around the ball to throw your offense off of rhythm. That's, that's, that's all about. 
Well, I like that, you, I like you. I like that the fact that you're talking about that because those are those intangible kind of things where deflections could ultimately go back out of bounds. But it's okay. It, it's a it's a sign, an objective sign, that you are disrupting their offensive flow. Um, we're in the we're in we're into your space. Your space is rhythm. Right. Your space is timing. That's what offense is. Offense is precision. Yeah. You know. You know. Shooting. You know. Shooter get a hangnail. He know. He may miss a shot. Yeah. You as defense, you can't worry about that. You show up your with your your hard hat and your 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 lunch bucket and you know and, and your work boots every night. You coming? That's why that that uh, that team Abilene. Abilene Christian. That's why I, I saw them play Thursday night. Last Thursday night, uh, they beat. They beat the team to get in the tournament, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's why last night I stayed up to watch them uh, get Texas. Yeah. And just just that, that I'm going to use the word grit, that they use. I, I, that, to me, that's inspirational. That's the way uh, my, our teams played in high school. You know, like I said, we were state champions. Well, you know, state championship, our tallest guy was six foot four. You know, and we we had UCLA's two two one. All right, we had man to man, and we 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 were just after you, and we and, and we and we scored because we could run. We 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 got a rebound. We didn't have to look. If you could have ball handling skills, you didn't have to make an outlet pass. You could just get the rebound and advance it yourself. Right. And our coach trusted us. And we had enough basketball IQ that we, when we realized that we were in the danger zone, we couldn't turn the ball over. See that turn the turnover or the errant pass or whatever that showed to us that we didn't respect the ball or his coaching ideas and philosophy philosophy for us. You took care of the basketball. Mm-hmm. So I showing him that we understood what he was talking about and we cared and we were hearing him, not just, just not hearing him. We were listening to him, mm-hmm. right? We got shots. Our, our OER offensive e- efficiency rate was for, for our high school team was, was very high. And we took good shots because we knew the value of the ball, the value of getting a shot the value of right helping each other out. See, that, that's the way I, I've grown up from top to bottom. You know, baseball, I, you know, I was, I was an outfielder starting up. What, what, does, what does the baseball players do? They chatter. Yeah, we got your back. That's all that chatter is. We're in the game. You know, we, we know the count. We know the ball is hit to us and the run with the run. We know we got to hit that cutoff man. See, those are the little things in each sport, not just right. basketball. Each, each sport has their own, you know, checkoffs. Right, yeah. That, that, that if you're going to be good, these are the things that you do, and you just don't do lip service to it. These, this is what makes you good. This is what makes you exceptional. That's what I heard is uh, culture is not what you say, it's what you do. Amen. Yep, yep. Amen. Well, Coach, I have my last question for you. Um, giving back and paying it forward in this life is is very important. Um, and I'd like to go ahead and interject this as we talk. I think there's a lot of parallels 
um, between you and I that I've, I've connected with. And if you could see the, uh, the goosebumps on my arms that, that kept raising up every time you'd say something, but um, it's important to me as I know it's important to you to give back. Um, and you've certainly left a legacy uh, in the coaching world. So thank you for what you have done and, and blessings to you. Uh, if, if what happens uh, for you in the near future, it sounds like you've got some plans. I hope it works out for you. But there's more to this game than bouncing the ball. And you've certainly talked about it from your childhood, um, even even to today. But can you talk a little bit about uh, what philanthropy and community involvement uh, you have established? Because I think you, you have something and, and I'd like to give you the opportunity to maybe talk a little bit about that, because ultimately, I feel like that's the most important thing. We do give back in the nature of of, of the game of basketball. Uh, by mentoring and talking to to people and, and bettering their life. Um, but specifically, let's kind of just talk about um, philanthropy and community involvement. Well, my, my wife and, and I, uh, I, I, I give it the past tense because we had to close down our, our nonprofit. Okay. Uh, it was called Hoopology. And uh, due to circumstances beyond my contrite. I got involved with a gentleman who said he was trying to help me mm-hmm. and he was trying to help himself. I got you. And, and, and unfortunately, I, I allowed him to interject our company, our nonprofit into the scheme. And uh, so we've had to close uh, our wonderful organization down because you can't talk about the good that you're doing and you allow somebody to take that away from you. It, 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 it messes up with the brand. So our, our brand Hoopology, we've had to shut it down. Well, let's, uh, let, let, let's, let, let, me, let me spin the question on you just a little bit then. Cause it sounds mm-hmm. like that's, that, that's an area that let's just not talk about in the, in the NBA, in the mm-hmm. NCAA, you're always trying to promote philanthropy. You're always trying to, to get your professional athletes to serve a better cause. What are some things that you have participated in? What are some things maybe that you've led um, in, in your term as a, as a collegiate coach and as an NBA coach? Well, the thing is, we, we believe in community. Uh, when I say we, uh, my wife and I, um, we've got two daughters, and, uh, and it's about sharing. To be, to be perfectly honest, it's about sharing who you are with the rest of the world. And, and, and especially in your community, because that's where it starts. It starts with your, your, your neighbors and finding out who they are every day. And if you can help, if you can help, then you, you help. If they need help and assistance, you, 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 you're there for them. Not that you have to do everything, but a friend in, in need is a friend indeed. Uh, Woody Hayes, uh, all, uh, former head football coach at Ohio State when I was there, uh, both as a player. And uh, when I came, came back, uh, had, the, had the, the thought and the idea of continually, he called it giving forward. And in actuality, those of those ideas are what we actually do. I, I tell people I don't give back because I haven't stolen anything. So I'm not giving anything <laughs> back. But I like I, that. But I, 
but I am passing it forward. Yep. And, 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 and this, this is the thought behind that. If you were to run a relay race, so let's say the, uh, the, the uh, four by four is my favorite. And you have the baton. And after you run your leg, what do you do? You pass it forward. She's reaching, yeah, she's reaching back or he's reaching back, but you're passing it forward. So that's what we're doing in life. We're passing life forward. And, and hopefully the, the, the ideas that we have in life of sharing and caring being accountable, being accessible to people that are less fortunate or even more fortunate than you realize who you are and what, and what you can do, you recognize, hey, I can do that. I can help out there. Right, that willingness, once again, to keep the ball moving, that, that, that understanding that you can go set a screen, that understanding that we, I can, when you say make a play, doesn't necessarily mean you get the shot. It means that you... You contest the shot if, it's, if that's what it means. It means getting the rebound. It means playing, uh, switching when you have to switch. It's understanding and playing in that moment shows your ability to grasp what it is to be a winner. What are you, will, are you, are you willing to do what you got to do? See, so often these days when you say well, somebody's got to make a play, they think, oh, I got to score. I got to get a shot. Nah, make a play. Make, make a play means do what's is, is the, 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 the next effort. That's right. So, sometimes it's just talking on defense. Uh, you, you see, uh, oftentimes, you know, we, we make our hands, you know, like it's, our voice is making. It's trying to say, hey, you're out here. You're participating. You're, hey, look out for the screen. It's to communicate. Making a play doesn't doesn't always have to be making you, you the plays on you. No, the, the plays for the us. That's right. Yep. Setting a, setting a good screen, getting a deflection, burning time off the clock, getting their loose ball, contesting the shot, not blocking the shot. That's right. Just All the little things. Yeah. So that's that. See, that's what being that's what's being part of a team genuine. It's when you understand. You don't have to carry that burden all on your on yourself. That's the beauty part, part of life too. When you realize, you know, right now, yeah, you're the breadwinner, but you got a you got a soulmate. And then the, when the kids realize that mommy and daddy share this, then they see how family works. And, you, and when you get cousins involved and aunties and uncles, then they see, oh wow, this is great. And life can be great. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. But we got to, you know, we got to quit thinking that everything's on us every time we touch the ball. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to get a shot every time you touch the ball. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. Well, I tell you what, if, if uh, and, and I mean this, um, when, when you were speaking just a second ago, and I made the comment to you earlier about you should write a book. Um, and I truly mean that I read a lot of books and, and, and I think what you have to offer and in, in, in your lifetime and your experiences and your breadth of knowledge and your wisdom and, and your faithfulness and humility, um, I think it would be a great book. But when you were talking just a second ago, I, I had the title of your book. Keep moving the ball. <laughs> be and, and, and I mean, and I mean that in the sense of the torch or the baton, because uh, what we've shared today 
um, in the time that we have. And, and let me just thank you right now for the time that you have given me and, and you too, Dario. Um, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's a blessing uh, to be able to be here right now listening to you. Um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and one of them is, is called The Secrets to Success. And they mm-hmm. were just talking about how, um, you know, be someone else's blessing. And so I thank you for being my blessing today to be able to share with me the stories and the impact that you have on kids um, and professional athletes. And, and I can't wait to, to listen back to this and digest it um, and all the drop mic moments that you've had right now, man. So it's definitely been a pleasure and my honor to be able to sit down and talk with you. Thank you for taking some time out of your day. Uh, to visit with me. And, and I will certainly say a prayer for you. And I hope uh, what you're looking for and striving for uh, is God's blessing to you. So uh, from, from me to you both, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, it's, in, it's in the plans. We just got to have faith that is there and let, let, let life be what it is. All right. Well, I'll be, I'll be leaning on Dario you, to hear the news. And- and before you sign off, uh, Mike, I just want to, yeah, uh, thanks are all the way around. Thank you, Uncle Jim, for your for your time. I, you know, I knew this was going to be a good fit, um, a real good interview, and it was. And uh, I just, I just want to thank both of you. Well, thank you, thank you for setting it up and arranging yeah. it. All right, absolutely. All right. You guys take care and enjoy enjoy some uh, NCAA March Madness. All right, we'll do. All right, See you. All right. take care. Guys. Take out, man. Thank you for listening to Coach Mike on the Mic, Let's Talk Hoops. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure you subscribe and click the notification button and then share it with your friends. If you're so inclined to do so, would you please rate and review this podcast so that I can help grow this community of listeners? I hope there was something that you heard today that entertained you or connected you to the game of basketball. If you'd like to be a guest or know someone who would be a great guest on the show, please comment below or reach out to me on any of my social media platforms. Until the next time we meet, the ball is now in your court. Be someone's champion today.